We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Welcome to the VolleyPod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the VolleyPod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning and welcome to the VolleyPod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're covering, looking, looking good. All right. Just coming off your practice with your team today. So how did that go? Oh, it was super fun today. So it's like, you know how kids are. They they need reminders. And we had some reminders today on what we wanted to do as far as being focused and stuff like that. And they did such a good job. I was really pleased with them today. So it was awesome. Cool. It's always fun coming off those practices that go uh, that go well and get you fired up. And it's good it was stuff. A, and last week we did not have it. So I had to <laughs> sit on it for a week. So I had like this whole plan going into what we were going to do. So it was great. So Cool. Well, what do we have today? I think you're starting with our skill today. Absolutely. So the skill of the day is a coaching skill where we're going to teach our players to watch and or scout the other team. Ooh. And hey. This is one, it's a cool one. You know who does this is Tina. Tina does this with her 12-year-olds. It's amazing. And if they know what to look for, any age yeah, can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's and, cool. So where do you start? Where, where do you start with this? Well, I guess the first point I'd like to make is I don't think enough teams do scout the other team. And there is time to do it. Like a lot of times at club tournaments, you're refing or you're off. And they use that time to just chill or watch maybe their friends' teams play. But it is really important if you want to start the match strong to scout, right? And to the way, that way you can start the match ahead of the changes they're going to make, ahead of the curve, so to speak. So that's the first point is get them to do it. Yeah, and I, I think we, we've talked a little bit about player IQ in the past. I think yes. that was uh, maybe last week mm -hmm. we were talking about that and putting some of that on your players where it's not just, oh, the coach is going to tell me what to do. Uh, and I think Tina does a nice job of asking her team, like, hey, what did you discover? And they have a, a big list of stuff that they, you know, and the kids are all fired up to tell Tina what they saw. Absolutely. It's empowering, right? Yep. It totally is. So, so let's get into some of it. So the main time you're going to have, like, definitely to scout is the warm-up time, right? So we're going to focus first on the warm-up time. So the first thing we want to look for is, are there any predictors from the setter? Stuff like... Do they reach high when they set the quick, right? Or do they drop their hands or arch their back when they're setting five? Cool. I like it. Right. So can we get looking at the setter and say every time she does X, she does Y? Ah, so now are your middles a little more cued in to looking for that? Absolutely. And I'll kind of, I try to put my middles together to watch and I really try to draw their attention to some of those things. Um, and Every setter has tendencies, right? We know that. So it's just finding those tendencies and trying to recognize them. Now in warmups, they may not be setting their primary hitter all the time, but you can still tell, tell technically a lot of the stuff they're going to do. Cool. Right. So I like it. Great place to start. Absolutely. So next, uh, who are their best attackers? Who needs our double block? Right. So, um, 
can we identify that before the match? And almost all the time I can identify that. Right. And the players, if they look hard enough, is this girl hammering, you know, does she hit the ball to multiple parts of the court? Who's the first kid in their outside hitting line? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. They put them first and they want to bounce the ball and intimidate everybody. (laughs) Right. And so can you just notice, and then in the game, can we get two up on that player? Um, Or can we just make sure we know where they are at all times? Right. Um, Then the attacker tendencies. And this is actually pretty obvious because I feel like in warmups, all the attackers take their favorite shot because they want to just crush the ball. Yeah. And uh, you can tell a lot by that. Are they pulling everything to the line? Are their hips kind of rotated um, in a particular direction that's going to pull the ball there? Do they hit sharp, right? Yeah, yeah, I look at that one all the time from the left. Yes. Especially now that teams are going faster because I think it's harder to hit sharp right as the ball is traveling horizontally faster and I, we i try to get my libero plays left back i try to get her to really look at that and i ask her how many balls were hit sideline she goes zero i'm okay you know we're not starting on the sideline right we can fade into the middle <laughs> of the court right? and, and take right. that deep zone six or you yep. know five six and um yeah so that's awesome and then um same thing with the middles are they mostly hitting cutback are they mostly hitting power and um, a lot of times they won't show their whole game, but they'll definitely show some of the strongest parts of their game and attacking warmups, right? Um, and then you just mentioned this, how fast is their offense, right? If their offense is super fast, we may need to start committing and do certain things where we either leave early or we just make sure we get in front of the better hitters and we can dig the other hitters. If their offense is super fast, if you try to chase everything, then you end up blocking nothing a lot of times. So if they're running super fast, um, you know, can we commit ourselves essentially to make sure that we're blocking one of their high efficiency? Hitters? Right. We're getting, you're getting, choosing that, that attacker who you're going to say, Hey, that's a, for us, we call it four hands, four hands. Attacker, we got to get four yeah. hands in front of that attacker. Right. And if we don't get four hands in front of somebody else, we have to dig. So be it, exactly. So be it. And we'll play gnarly defense. Yeah. Right. Um, and should our middle blockers commit to their middle attack? That's a good, another one too. Okay. Do they run a super quick, quick? And uh, what I'm finding at our level, and we're not at the absolute highest level, we're sort of like, you know, Liberty USA level, but really you can tell when the ball is going to be set to quick. And if you can tell, can we get over the net quickly and make sure that we're committed on our block, not just down and they're hitting the ball before our block develops, right? Um, serving, do they actually have different tempos, right? A lot of people don't scout serving. And I wish they did. Like I, I've been scouting. I've been doing sort of a strike chart of serving. Yeah. So warm ups. You're kind of going looking at warm ups for that serving. Yeah. Right. And do they serve short? If they serve short in warm ups, that's a dead giveaway that they might serve short in the game. Right. And right? especially certain players. Exactly. Right. And can they do it a couple times in a row too? Is the other thing. Right. So, um, do they have different tempos? So I like that. Um, next. What's their starting rotation and why? And do they rotate their starting rotation, right? So a lot of times they'll just stay in the same rotation no matter what. And um, we can use that to our advantage. So when you say why, what would what would be some reasons why we would want to know, let's say they're starting in, you know, whatever row. Let's say they start in row one. You might say, okay, why are they starting in row one? 
Right. So most of the time, if they're starting in row one, that means their oppo is probably their strongest attacker. Okay. Right. So. Because they're trying to get three rotations for their strongest attacker at the beginning of the game. Right. And then potentially more rotations for that attacker through the front row. Okay. So when teams are starting in row five. Right. You okay, know, then you're going, okay, they have an 01, a left who they're just saying, hey, we don't care if you know, we're in two, maybe even we're even two hitters. Exactly. We don't care. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> She's too good. Yeah. But that's being in their head early, right? Exactly. Knowing. And you know that, yep. which is super, it's super effective and cool. Yeah. Um, and then if they don't dial it, if they're going to keep the same one in game two, because we, we're going to turn our lineup without looking, you know, at their lineup, obviously. But in game two, if they start in that, can we start our stronger lineups against them if we need to, if we're not winning or whatever? Right. So um, next, are they in the 5-1 or 6-2? And this affects us a lot. Should our left front kick out? Do they have a strong opposite? Should they stay hard bunched in? Are the sets high enough that they can stay bunched in and then still release to the right side? Um, if they're in the 5-2, I always, I mean, in the 5-1, I always feel like there's three rotations where we can play three blockers versus two hitters, and we can have an advantage in those. And that kind of brings us to this, this next one, the setter dump. Do they actually dump aggressively where we need to dedicate blockers? Or do they dump with, you know, floor dumps where we can dig it? And if they are doing floor dumps, then that blocker should be focused on blocking the hitter, right? right? Not blocking the setter dump. And what I find, it's so funny, all the time, setters up, setters up. It's like the one thing they say. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then the setters really doesn't attack that much, right. you know? <laughs> so um, can we get an advantage when they're setters front row, right? Which is huge. Um, if they're in the five one, are they going slide or are they keeping their middle in front? Right. So they're, they're, you want to know their plan in that two hitters. Exactly. Are they using the back row attack? Are they using a slide? Are they, what are they doing to try to get people Separation. open exactly. when they're playing two against three, at least in the front row? Right. So what is their plan? And then how do we stop it? I love that, that the way you phrase that is perfect. And then uh who's our worst passers who's our worst yeah receivers? that might be number one absolutely huh? yeah, yeah. Might be number one yeah and the best worst servers so it's like against their best servers and i know you're big on this can we just get the ball in the air right we don't need to pass threes against their best servers right right we don't want to be overpassing against their best servers uh we don't want to try to be perfect uh we want to hey get the ball high <laughs> exactly let's get a swing right yep and then um on their worst receivers do we have the ability to target them or are they kind of squeezing them um if we can find out who the best passer is i feel like there's this great domino effect as far as winning right because you you target them enough and they are not passing well then they have to make a change which is probably a weaker player going into that spot so it's a real awesome domino effect if we can get after those serve receivers. Um, what's their base? Are they deep? Are they bunched in? And that will affect whether we are hitting more balls or tipping more balls out of the middle and, it's, and affect the setter dump, right? As a smaller big triangle, right? right so that means, so if they're way in, you think, and you're going pretty fast, then you're telling your setter maybe, hey, probably, you know, floor dumps aren't going down or something on that. Yep. That hey, set your hitters and let's hit make that them. deep five, make them and have to work let's hit that. hard and deep and and make them have to go from, you know, way in the court to 
a perimeter to try deep. to dig. Absolutely. And then if they're way deep, then you probably have some tiffs open. Right. And then setter, setter can be a little, a little more aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. So I love that. Um, what's their defensive system? This is one that I wish our, our attackers would engage a little bit more because there's, depending on the system, there's always something open, right? And if they know what it is, it, just by knowing the system, um, they're going to have, they're going to find kills. Is that digger? Are they playing a deep perimeter or are they playing rotational? If they're playing rotational, then the tips are not open. And I find us tipping all the time when they're in rotation. It's like right. so unfortunate. Um, but if they're in the deep perimeter, that's a great shot. That brings me to another point with this is that sometimes I think as coaches, we'll say something like, we go, oh, these guys are rotating. And for us, that means a couple things. That means like, oh, they're rotating, no tips. I mean, right. That's, that's the first thing I think about. Right. But does your team think about that? And have we <laughs> taught them that, that when we say, hey, they're rotating, they're in rotation that means hey we're not tipping any balls to the line if we're tipping balls they're going to be tipped along the net right uh not right. you know never line in that situation so right. uh, the <laughs> sometimes they'll say the right thing oh they're rotating but they don't know the they shot can't that's transfer open. that to their actions that's a good of, point the perception action yep. connection right yep. so that's really cool and then uh what are their blockers like can they actually close Right. If they right. can't close, we're going to be going pin to pin. If they can close, then we may need to, to go against the grain. You know, we may to do, need to do some other things like that. And I like what you, the way you phrase this rabbit or turtle. Right. Is the middle right. blocker a turtle or are they a rabbit? Right now, a lot of times the rabbits are, are so jumpy that they leave early and then you can use that against them. The turtles might be slower and then you can just set pin, uh, tempo to the pins and, and get an advantage. And then out of system, do they like to set tight? Do they like to set the back row? Where do they put free balls? A lot of times teams are putting free balls short now. And I would just like to see us hit those. I, I'm so serious. I would just like to see us hit them. But we're not doing it. But we're working on it. We're putting all their free balls to zone two. But um, so where do they do it? And then we can be ahead of that. And then also, what are their best or weakest rotations? We want to keep them in their weakest rotations as quick, as long as possible, I'm sorry, and rotate them through their uh, best rotations as quickly as possible. And the team needs to know that because that could really be the game. We missed two serves in their weakest rotations out of three, um, out of three rotations in our last tournament. And we could have scored in those rotations. Yep. So that's just a bunch of stuff to think about. Now I wouldn't task my team with looking at everything. Like maybe a couple people look at each, right? you know, and then they share the information um, because we got 10 things on here. Or may, and right. There's, 10, a, lot there's, on, a, there's lot. a lot on there. But from different, let's say, you know, if it's position specific, yep. you know, your left sides are really looking at, hey, are these middles closing or not? Right. Am I going to have a seam or not? Yes. And so that's big for a left side hitter. Absolutely. Um, for your libero, it might be, hey, do they have any lefts that can hit sharp? Right. If, you're, if your liberos play left back, like I think yours, yours do as well, right? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, so that's specific. And then your, uh, yeah, your setter knowing a little bit about the blockers. Middle's knowing uh, about the setter. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah but it, it's a nice comprehensive list right there. Absolutely. That is, uh, yeah, that is cool. And getting your team to learn and kind of take some pride into, hey, when they're know. playing in the yes. match and they had that idea. And then you, you know, score something because of that, that that oh, kid that. feels that kind of, you know, coaching, uh, you know, Pride. fuzzy, you Warm know, that, that fuzzy feeling of, hey, <laughs> I helped my team, you know, 
be successful. Good Absolutely. stuff. I liked it. Yeah, super cool. So what is the scenario for the week? We got a cool one. I heard this one. My team plays much better in practice than it does in matches. Classic. Have you ever heard that? Oh, all the time. <laughs> I've said that many times. <laughs> yes. We were so good in practice. And then we yeah. went to the tournament. And we were horrible. Uh, my first my first thing with this is, is it true? And I think uh, you have to look carefully at that. And the first thing is we have, you know, cognitive bias. We've talked about this a little bit before, especially what we call the availability heuristic. Like what do we remember? And so you just came out of a practice and the things that we always remember are when those things we work on get better. Yes. And especially when that one player has a breakthrough. Right. And so you right. get in your car after practice. Oh, <laughs> Emily, she finally got it. Yes. She's terminating on the yes, left and yes. able to hit with some range. Yes. This is so great. We turned a huge corner. So the things you remember are things like that. Yeah, the wins. The, big wins, uh, yeah. the other thing after matches, you know, what is your post match analysis? Do you know what happened? You just talked about something like, hey, you missed two serves in the opponent's weakest rotations. Now you might have played the exact same and as you did in that other match, but all of a sudden those two servers score four points apiece right. because they don't miss and you win. And all of a sudden you know, oh, we're playing great. Right. And you played really the same, which right. is those two servers, right? <laughs> so is your is your analysis really accurate? And I think sometimes our analysis gets screwed up for all different kinds of reasons. That's a really good point. Uh, you know, especially uh, I see it with low level teams. And they'll go out there and they'll say, oh, this team we played, they were horrible. They're bumping it over on one or whatever. And how can we lose to that team? Well, their two best servers who usually score seven points apiece, both missed when right. on their first serve. Right. And all of a sudden that changes your team from a plus 14 <laughs> to a zero. <laughs> and a all of a sudden, right. you know, that's what happened. It wasn't that, you know, how did this team beat that. us? Well, right. because those two servers, and right. because you rely on those two servers so much. So Good do you point. really know that? Yes. Uh, are you playing against your second team in practice and beating them up? That's a great point. And you could be looking great in practice. Oh, we're so good. Oh, my team, they're right. really gelling now. I see them in practice and they look great against my second team. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then especially, you know, if we delve, if we, you know, dig into that a little deeper, you know, are you getting bullied by serving? And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that happens on all levels is like, wow, their level of serving was just better than we're used to. Right. And uh, do we give them those opportunities to practice, whether we have to have coaches serve or we have to have our first team servers going against our first team passers, however we right. have to do it. But can we get them better serving so we know that? Um, opponent's offense, have you practiced against something similar? So if you're setting the pins all the time and all of a sudden you play a team and they're throwing up slow twos in the middle yep. and you've never played against it, then, hey, you can say, oh, well, our team was great in practice, and then we went to the match, but you didn't have them prepared to block a certain thing so right. or defend a certain type of attack. Right. You know, I, you know, we were in a 6-2 for years, and what were we horrible defending? The slide. We were horrible. <laughs> you know, and teams looking and going, why can't you guys defend the slide? Well, we don't do it in practice. Because, it. Right. Yeah. So we're playing against each other, and, you know, the 6-2 is nice because you can be, you know, your two setters can play all the time against each other, and, you know, it's, it makes for, you know, super organized practices when you go six on six, and right. everybody's getting, you know, a bunch of those reps. 
but it doesn't help you defend the slide unless you practice it. Absolutely, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> and how about opponent's defense? You mentioned this about your tournament, like, hey, you were hitting some balls you thought in practice would go down, right? and that they got scooped. Yep. And what does that do to your team? And can you find ways in practice to, you know, simulate that stuff? That's a great point. Yeah. And that takes us to, uh, okay, let's say, so So maybe it's not true and you have to deal with that. That, hey, your practice, you are who you are and you're going to play within a certain range all the time. You know, right. your average, you're going to play a little above that certain times. You'll play a, below that certain times maybe below sometimes when there's some anxiety or something in, in a big match that could happen. Uh, but let's say it is true. So let's say you play a couple times and you're going, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're, you know, we're here and we're, we always seem to be below in, uh, what can we do? And I, and I okay. think a big thing is trying to make practices more like matches. Agreed. And I think there's some simple things, you know, number one, use a whistle, put a ref on a stand with a whistle. Yes. And it gives it a different vibe, right? right. For uh, sure. And then make calls, you know, call nets, right? Call mishandled balls, um, you know, use one ball. Right. Yeah, uh, I like that. You know, Oge does this, I know, and I like it. So you have to hustle after the ball in practice. You don't have coaches putting it in fast. They have yeah. to hustle and get it to their server. There's more of a rhythm of the match, I right? Like that. Yeah. Um, make both sides huddle after every point. That's okay. It. So yeah. those are things, um, simulate scenarios with short games in the middle of practice. Let's say this, I'll give you an example. Let's say after a water break, you're in the middle of practice after a water break, you come in and go, okay, Davis, we have two teams, six on six, 13, 14 in the third set. We're going to play six games. Then we're going to start with a different server every time in every game. We're just going to play them out. I love that. And so now you have the serving pressure at 13, 14 yes. and you play the game out. Uh, and you play six of those games with a different server starting every time. And so now everybody's serving at the end of those sets under pressure. Everybody's serve receiving That's under cool. pressure. That's a cool one for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you can take something like that and you can target your situation. So let's say, oh, you you think you're you're getting off to slow start. So you go, okay, well, we're just going to play those games first to five. And then in the game, when somebody gets to five, how about closing out with a lead, coming back from a deficit after mm -hmm. a timeout, right? So you, you put all those situations into practice. In general, what you're trying to do is get yourself in a situation. So when you're, when there's a timeout at the end of a set, whether they, the other team calls or you call it, you go, Hey, this is just what we practice. We're right where we right. practice. We're super comfortable. We're more comfortable than they are right now. Let's go out and do it. I like that. And like so, uh, and then I think the, the last thing uh, I want to say about that practice stuff is, can you play better teams and play weaker teams? Such a good point. And so how do you play better teams? Well, have your coaches play and tell them to play hard. Right. And it's okay for your team to lose and kind of face some of that adversity and how do they play? Right. Play weak. How do you play weaker teams? Put your middle end to set on the other side. Ah, right. And then what happens? All of a sudden, anytime they score a point, they get excited, just like that weaker team you play gets excited. So you have that kind of anxiety, like we should be kicking your their butt with right. the with the middle setting. She doesn't know how to set, but we're not, right? Because we're making errors or we're doing this. But can you practice that those like situations? That. Yes, I like that a lot. Um, and then you know we've talked about this before, the idea of of dealing with adversity and that you practice it and you know hit a ball under the net, serve it into the sidewall, you know. 
and then hustle in the huddle and play it out. Put yourself at a disadvantage score doing so. Making that the stupidest error, make them make that stupid error in practice and then right. get into the huddle. <laughs> uh, cool. Make bad calls as a rep. Yes. Okay. Yes. They don't they, like it. They but don't it's like good it. But you go, hey, that's the call. It's right. like you're never going to get a bad call. You've never, I mean, this is what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, and then, you know me, I'm a guy, I like to lean on routine. Absolutely. You know, yes. whether it be huddles, making subs, that's sprinting in, sprinting out, great body language, communication, that kind of all six on serve, receive. Some of those things that hold us together, uh, is that going to be better there? And then finally, um, coaches' language and body language. Uh, what does point. that look like? Does that look, are you the same in practice as you are in a game? That's a great point. So you're, you're saying your team is, oh, my team doesn't, you know, perform. What does your body language look like in the, in the matches? Such a good point. Different. And if it's different, then you probably can't be surprised when your team is different. Right. And can you be as much the same as you will be in the games yep. as a coach? Yep. I like it. I have, I have two things. Can I throw them in? Definitely. Okay, so the one thing that I see all too often is teams passing spinners from their coaches in practice. Okay. And so my big thing is the ball entry should be similar to the game. Like every ball entry is a serve. Okay. Right? Okay. And Making so, more ball entry serves. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we can't pass, but we really haven't been passing serves. We'll do like rep passing, and then we'll get into the games, and they'll either – um, you know, have a coach spin it in. And a lot of times I do it just for the sake of pace, right. but I need to make sure that I am mimicking what's going to happen in the game. And so more uh, serve. Yeah. Freer, fewer free balls going over more, maybe pipes. Cause that's what they'll do on an outlet. Maybe like left side out of system balls. Yep. Can we mimic those in practice? Right. Yep. So good like stuff. It. Good I stuff. Like what a great topic. I love it. All right. Cool. Well, good stuff. So we got some videos. These can what be video? found on the Art of Coaching Volleyball, who's our sponsor. We're glad to have them. Um, we got some great videos. One is by Kevin Hambly. So these are these scouting. That's are, the cool thing about, about the website. Yes. You, you, you put in something like scouting and you get all this stuff. And from great, great people. It's Kevin Hamlin, he's okay. Yeah. He's, <laughs> all right. Stanford coach. Yes. <laughs> Russ Rose, longtime Penn State coach. He's pretty good. All right. And then Brennan Dean, who's an excellent coach for the Wave, who's uh, our rival. Our big club. rival. Yeah. Right. We're putting Brennan right in there with, uh, with Russ and Kevin. He'll absolutely. be happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> I mean, these are great videos about how to scout. And so I'd check them out. One is actually quite long. Right. And it's like almost 25 minutes, but the others are a bit shorter, but they're very much worth it. So I would highly recommend. Good stuff. So what's our resource of the week? We got a really cool, Ooh, interesting. We have a book that's one of my favorite books. And, uh, you know, I, I read a bunch of coaching stuff from all different coaches of all sports. And we had a football coach passed away this uh, this year, a guy by the name of Mike Leach. He was my probably all-time favorite football coach. Okay. He was the designer of the air raid offense when he was with Texas Tech, and then he went to Washington State. He finished his career at Mississippi State and kind of died tragically this past year. Oh, man. Kind of sad story. But he wrote a book called uh, – he was in the Pirates. He had a bunch of weird stuff he was okay. into. So his, uh, his book's called Swing Your Sword. Okay. And people would send him all this pirate stuff because he was like, that was his like uh, logo, like his thing. He was really into pirates. Okay. That's um, cool. So he has this book called, so let me give you a couple things that I highlighted out of it just to give you a little, a little taste. Um, one of my favorites, and I actually just read this in uh, Hugh's book, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Mm. Just a real simple thing. That's a good point though. Um, 
His his three uh, you know non-negotiables. He says we'll be a team, we'll be the most excited to play, and we'll do our jobs. Ooh, I like that. And he says they're going to do those things whether they're down by two or up by twenty. Yes. So uh, I've kind of followed his thing. Like I don't believe in that running up scores. Hey, we're going to do those things all the time. We're going to be right. excited to play when we're up big. Right. It's okay to still be excited to play. Right. Especially when we have subs who are getting in there for the first time. Absolutely. That's a good point. Is the team with the fewest penalties the most disciplined or the least aggressive? Oh, I like that. (laughs) So looking at things and and how we frame them, uh, he has a little uh, acronym KILL. Keep it likable and learnable. Oh, that's great. And he says, hey, I did the best in classes I enjoyed. So can you be, as a coach, can you be that favorite teacher? That's such a cool one. Pretty cool. Yeah. And then he talks a little about video. He says, I show six routine plays that led to good results because of great effort. Uh, and that's cool. what he is putting in videos. And the last one, his offense doesn't stretch. We start out quarter speed, then to half speed, then to full speed. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I like that. So the warming up through play. Yep. Really cool stuff. That is Mike awesome. Leach, Mike Leach. Sword, sword. It is, uh, the link will be on the in show the show notes, notes yep. the Amazon link to the book. And we'll also have those videos in there. And if you'd like to go on Art of Coaching, they have two-week free memberships. We also have the code Volleypod, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D, for 20% off almost anything on the store. And follow us on our sh- socials at aoc.thevolleypod and on Twitter at the volleypod. So thanks a lot. What a great episode. You killed it, Davis. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye.